title of the message today is Maybe Someday. John chapter 11, we're going to finish up our series, Is He Worthy? And I want to tell you right now the goal of the message. Here's the goal of the message, you can write it down if you want, but make sure you seal it on your heart, that you choose today to have an everyday, right now, in the moment, faith in Jesus Christ. That is the stated goal of this message. Right? We're all on the same page? I don't want you to have a someday faith. I want you to have a right now, in the moment, I choose faith, it's on, every day, every moment, that kind of faith. That's what we're going for today. Everybody say, that's what we're going for. I pray that we'll get there. I pray that God will get you there. And that's what we're going for. So, have you ever seen this shirt? Um, Not today, Satan. You guys seen this? I want to get one of these, right? But here's the, here's the point. Here's why I have it on the screen. Not today, Satan. Like, we would wear that t-shirt. We would be like, not today, Satan, right? But you would never wear a shirt, I hope, Lord willing, that would say, not today, Jesus. And yet, though I wouldn't wear the shirt, I kind of have that going on sometimes, to be honest. Where it's like, eh, not today, Jesus. Like, I, I got... Someday, Jesus, um, and I, I just want to say as we end this series, is he worthy? Like, I think he's worthy of our every moment faith, and I think we'll see that in the text today. It's not someday he'll save me, someday I'll be baptized in Jesus' name, someday, you know, my marriage will be better, someday he'll change that addiction or that pattern of sin that I have in my life, someday, today is someday then, if that's how you feel. Today's the day of repentance. Today's the day that you can come to Jesus quickly. Today's the day that you can choose faith and conquer all of that in your life by His grace. Today. And so that's what we're going after. And uh, today's the day that you can use your gifts. Today's the day that you can go tell your neighbor about Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been praying for them a while. And it could be today that you knock on their door and say, hey. Or it's today that you say, come on over for dinner. Uh, we need to have a, t- a talk. I, I love you enough to just tell you the truth. Jesus loves you. Today. All right, John chapter 11, you there? I gave you a long time to get there. Nobody left. All right, I'm not that funny. I get it. John chapter 11. Verse 17. We're going to start here because this is... Uh, Martha and Mary say the same thing, and so I want to get you to see uh, the redundancy here and and see the power of it. Now, uh, verse 17, now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had been, already been in the tomb four days. I just think that's an astounding statement. Everybody believe that Jesus is God? Raise your hand if you believe Jesus is God. All right, that's a good decision, because he is God, right? All right, if you can't raise your hand, that's okay. We're not offended by that. Uh, we all had a time where we didn't think Jesus was God. And we came to him when, when, we, when the Lord opened our eyes. And so maybe today he'll open your eyes. But Jesus is God. So do you believe that he's sovereign? I believe he's sovereign. He's deity, yeah. But right here you see his humanity. Do you see his humanity right there? He found out something. It's like he had already said Lazarus was the, the sickness wasn't going to bring death, 
which it did. More on that. <laughs> but he didn't know that Lazarus was dead for four days when he got there. He didn't know. The text says he didn't know. He found out. He's human. I was thinking about this, and I was like, this is crazy, right? This is flat. How does that, I, that doesn't compute. If you look back at verse 4, Jesus says exactly what the Father revealed to him. This illness does not lead to death, for it, uh, it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorious, glorified through it. He never says when Lazarus is going to die. I don't believe he knows. And verse 17 would prove that. He's like, oh, I didn't, I, I didn't know when he was going to die. I knew he was going to die. I knew it was gonna lead to, wasn't going to lead to permanent death. But he didn't know when until he got there and saw it for himself and heard it for himself. It's pretty awesome that Jesus can identify with our weaknesses because he is human, even though he's perfectly in tune with God and he's listening to God and he knows what God has the plan for him. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews who had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard, so obviously somebody was in a hurry and passed Jesus on the way, and you know, it's like, hey, Jesus is coming. When she heard that, she went to meet him. But Mary remained seated in the house, Martha said to Jesus, here it is, underline this phrase, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's not the only time that's going to be said. <laughs> Mary's going to say the same exact phrase. But even now, look at this faith. I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. How would you respond to that? Don't answer. Um, I'm not sure. Martha said to him, I know. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. On the last day. That sounds like a someday faith to me. How about you? That's definitely a someday faith. Yeah, someday, you know, on the last day when the trumpet is you know, blows and, and the dead are raised incorruptible on that day, yeah, then my brother will raise. That's a someday faith, but we're going for a right now faith. So look at what Jesus says, because he wants you to be on a right now faith. Jesus replies, right? Jesus said to her, I am the resurrect, the, the fifth, I am in John, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me Though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. There are people that are going to live until Jesus Christ comes back. That's what that's saying. And they're never going to die. And they're going to see Jesus face to face. Praise the Lord. I hope I'm one of those. That'd be awesome. But even if you do die, it's not final. Yet you will live. If you believe in Christ. Then he says these words, church. Do you read them? Do you read them in your Bible? What does he say? Somebody yell it out. Do you believe this? I mean, do you? Right? That's, do you believe? That's, what, that's the point of the message. Do you believe this? 
you believe? She said to him, look at her response, so filled with faith, right now. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, Lord. (laughs) The Son of God, Lord, Messiah, Jesus. You know, I mean, she's using all the names she has. Sometimes we do that in our prayers. Who is coming into the world. I mean, her response is faith-filled. But he asks her this question, and so i got to ask you, do you believe? So here's the thing. Sometimes we say we believe. Like you might be here, and you might have sang all those Believe Jesus songs in worship. Yes, I believe him. Yes, I believe him. Victory in Jesus. And yet in the deepest part of your heart, you're like, I don't trust him. Not in this situation. This is too hard. Think about it now. You know that to be true. It's our humanity. It's who we are. And to be more like Christ, we have to lay that down and look to Jesus. What are you not believing God for today? Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a marriage relationship. Maybe it's a work situation. Maybe it's health. You just found out you're sick. And it's not fun. Maybe there's financial strain. I don't know if I can trust God with this one. I could go on and on. Your situation is your situation. What are you not believing God for today? Church, that's what we want to attack today. (laughs) Lovingly. But that's what we want to get after. That unbelief. Because Jesus, man, he's so worthy. Let me pray for us. Father God, I love you, and I know that you are good, and yet in the deepest parts of my heart, there's times I don't believe you and I don't trust you, and unbelief is a spirit in me and in our church that needs to be put to death today. And I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus Christ, that you put to death the spirit of unbelief in me and the spirit of unbelief in this church, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, here it is. I choose faith today. I'm going to give you three, three things here. I choose faith today by, number one, responding quickly. Responding quickly. I choose faith today by responding quickly. See it in the text. Look at verse, where were we at? 28, right? Right? I don't know where we started slipping and where I stopped holding you accountable, but like, it's verse 28, right? Okay, good. You got a Bible. I got a Bible. We agree. All right, it's verse 28. All right. When she had said this, she went and called her sister, Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with him when the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly, do you underline that quickly? <laughs> it's, it's been said twice now. 
saw her rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep. I missed a word because I had to flip the page. To weep there, period. Thank you. I'm reading well today. Aren't you glad your pastor's human? I am. All right, here it is, verse 32. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she came to Jesus. She came quickly. She responded quickly. She saw him. What was her response? What does it say there, church? She fell at his feet. You know, this is just a tidbit that's kind of interesting. Mary's used three times in Scripture. Luke 10, John 11, and John 12. And every time, she's at the feet of Jesus. Now that's something we can learn from. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you for the example of awesome, godly women in Scripture. Thank you, Lord. She fell at her feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Do you think they were talking about this? Sometimes, do you ever have that happen to you? Like, you hear something for somebody, and then you hear it from somebody else, and you're like, meh, that's not coincidence, is it? There might have been some talking behind the scenes on that. I'm not calling it gossip, but maybe it was, but definitely somebody was talking. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. So it matches up. It's the same thing. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping. Now, you got to understand the word weeping there is like wailing. It's like a loud lament. Would you guys like to try that? No. It's kind of embarrassing, actually. I think it'd be like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's kind of like your kids tenter tantrum, you know, when they're like kicking and screaming on the, when they got a case of the gimmies. I was reading Berenstein Bears to my son last night, and that's why I'm thinking of that. Um, they're kicking and screaming, you know. They got a pace, case of the gimmies. And um, anyway, they're weeping loudly. And it says that he was deeply moved. Do you know what that really means? Deeply moved doesn't give you this connotation. He was mad, he was angry, he was indignant. That's an emotion. He's human. But he's not sinning. We know that, right? He was indignant in his spirit and greatly troubled. That means agitated. Do you have a wash machine? Then you know what an agitator is. Okay, great. Perfect. And he said, where have you laid him? Another proof of his humanity. He doesn't know where the grave is? Doesn't he know? He's not asking for kicks and giggles. He wants to know where the grave is. His father hasn't told him that. So he asked. And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And the shortest verse, but maybe one of the most impactful verses in the Bible is Jesus wept. And what I need you to know is that wept here is not a loud lament, but it's a silent heartfelt, tear-filled, compassionate cry. He was moved. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? 
But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? You ever been in that tender emotional spot and people are like judging you? That's what's happening. <laughs> some are like, man, he loves him so much. And some of them are like, yeah, but it's your fault. If you would have been here, he got healed. It's on you, man. Stop crying. Really insensitive. Here's the point. Respond quickly. Jesus is calling Mary. And he calls her privately, quietly, with the whisper of her sister. Hey, Mary, Jesus wants to see you. The teacher wants to see you. You ever had that call? Jesus ever whispered into your ear? be with you. Let's be together today. You ever had that voice? It's a sweet voice. But you got to be listening. You got to be ready. You see a difference in their personalities. Martha, the aggressive one, right? And Mary, the contemplative one, right? The We could call it passive if we want. <laughs> but we're not just talking Minnesota nice, right? We're not talking passive aggressive. We're talking just straight passive, all right? Just like, I'm going to sit at his feet. Reflective. Here's what's interesting about both people. Inside of their personality, right? They went to Jesus. And they went quickly. Crazy. That even inside of our personalities, this point works. Respond quickly. However you have to respond, respond quickly today. I was at a funeral for my aunt Kay. Uh, she was 95 years old. It was a couple, it was a week ago, I guess, last Friday, a week ago Friday. And um, funerals are hard. And emotions are high. And people are raw. And there's some anger involved. Why did they have to die, right? And there's some grief involved. I miss them a lot. And I think you see all of this in the pace, passage, and we relate to Jesus, but I don't think Jesus is upset because Lazarus died. And I don't think he's upset because Mary's kneeling at his feet. And I don't think he's even upset because they have these wailers that are just like crying obnoxiously. I believe he's upset because sin has separated us from him. And he's come to take that back, but in this current state, it still divides. And it grieves him, and he's mad about it. <laughs> he's agitated by sin and death, and he's troubled, right? And he, and he weeps for the people that he longs to be with. All they need to do is come quickly. It's so amazing God's love for us. So I was at this funeral and uh, it was raw. I, I found myself saying, why am I crying? I'm so happy for her. She's going to be with Christ. She's 95 years old. What's wrong with me? And then I, I'm like, why am I so angry? <laughs> you know? Sim separates us from the Lord, right? That's why. It's not fun that we have to go through death. It wasn't intended for sin and death. And we sang this song. I got to get it out. 
We sang this song. The song is, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And it made me think of this passage. And the words were really meaningful. So I thought I'd share them with you because it's, it's really what we should do in that tender spot when humanity's real and we're raw and our emotions are high and all over the place, anger to grief, sorrow. It says this, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. And what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. That's our response. We take it to the Lord in prayer. That's our response. We go to him. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Isn't that true, church? Isn't that true, church? You bear a lot of needless pain. I do too. It's not ours to carry. We don't have to carry it. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Yes. Is there trouble anywhere? Everywhere. We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Because he was human. Take it to the Lord in prayer. The humanity of Christ. And the fact that he knows who we are. And you look at Mary's response. She goes to Jesus. She speaks to Jesus. She takes it to the Lord. And I'm out. So I'll let him roll through them. Uh, first one is, bring it on. There it is. Jesus has the ability to know how I feel. Doesn't that comfort you? All right, the second one. Here's a principle. Unbelief is an illness. This whole passage is about illness and an illness that leads to death. Oh, hold on. Unbelief is an illness that leads to death or glory. It leads to death or glory, but it's going to lead to something. And then this last one. Sin, it makes us sick. Just flat out it does. And so I'm telling you, church, if we, if we want to choose faith today, we're going to need to respond quickly. Here's the second point. Remove the stone. Remove the stone. I don't know if you've ever had a gallbladder stone, gallstone. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had a, uh, sorry, I'm going to say it, kidney stone. Uh, you're cringing if you have, um, but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Remove the stone. I'm not talking about that. As painful as that is, and this will be painful too, I'm sure, um, I'm talking about removing the gravestone, right? So remove the stone. So here it is. Here it is. Look at chapter 11, verse 38. When Jesus deeply moved again, so he's angry again, right? Indignant. Came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone. There it is. A stone, that's the problem. A stone lay against it. Jesus said, I'll just blow the stone up. Is that what he said? Is it what it says, church? Are you looking at it, church? Jesus said, I'll just make it magically delicious and I'll wave my unicorn hand over the, and it will all go away. Is that what he said? 
No, he asked us to respond. He asked us to do something. He said, take away the stone. You need to get your hands in there. You need to get your hands dirty today. And you need to push that stone away, that thing that's hindering you between you and Christ. Jesus is calling you to do that. And he's calling you publicly. And look at he's in front of everybody. He's like, take the stone away. He's, he's speaking to you now. He's not whispering. He's speaking to you and he's saying, let's take this away. Now, look what happens to that phrase, what we tend to do. Martha, who was like the ah! faith girl, right? She's like, Jesus Christ, Lord, Savior, you're the best, Son of God. I love you and trust you. Yeah, all those words we use, all that praise we gave, just, just get below all that to like what's really going on in your heart today. Here's what's really going on in Martha's heart. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time, there will be an odor. I don't think we should open the stone, for he has been dead four days. Newsflash, he already knows that. Thanks for the reminder, though. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? Look back at chapter 11, verse 4 again. What did he say? This is the message he sent. This is the message he heard from God. And he spoke to the messenger. And the messenger walked back and told him. Lazarus was already dead. I'm sure they were confused. But this is what he said. This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God. So that the Son of God may be glorified through him. Did you think I was lying, Mary? Did you think I was lying, Martha? Did you think I was just spewing things and I don't care? No. I was being calculated. I said what God said. This is it. It's exactly like I told you. Didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So he's like standing there. He's like, didn't I tell you? But is he like tapping his toes, you know, like? Is he like rolling his fingers on the desk and going like, well, whenever you're ready, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do the miracle if you just roll the stone away. How long did that moment take for her to like give the nod? Do you know what I'm talking about, the nod? You don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, so look in the passage. This is like you got to read the scripture and you're like, what, what in the world, right? So he says, take the stone away. Martha, who has all the authority, right? She's the oldest sister, I guess. So she's like, no, don't do it. Then Jesus is like, didn't I tell you, Martha, that I'm going to do something great? Like, this is for glory. And then what's the next thing? It's astounding. Did Martha say anything? No, she did not. What was the next thing? So they took away the stone. Now that's suspect to me. Now the sudden Jesus is in control. He gets to pick if the stone gets moved away or not. Uh-uh. Martha has to give, you know. Whatever you want. Maybe it's reluctant. Maybe it's like, I don't know. But she has to give the nod. The people are watching her. Are we doing this or not today? Are we doing this or not? You know what? You have to give the nod if we're doing this or not today. Nobody else can roll the stone away for you. You got stuff in there that needs to be resurrected. I can't roll that stone away for you. You have to give the nod. You have to go, okay, God, 
Do whatever you want to do in my life. I pray that you will give the nod today. I pray that you will do that and roll the stone away. Removing the stone, right? I choose faith today by removing the stone. So at the end of this message, I just want to say this. I'm going to ask you to kind of have a crisis moment. I'm going to ask you to respond quickly. I'm going to ask you to get on your knees, fall on your face before God. I'm going to ask you to roll that stone away in your life and remove that sin pattern or that, expose it at least. Just get it out there so Jesus can do some resurrection power on it. I'm going to ask you to choose every day, right now, faith in Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to have the funeral right here, today. You get it? All right, keep going. It's a miracle. It happens. He comes out. Can you see it? And in our life, what we need to do is is roll the stone away so that God can raise what's dead in our life. All right, here's the third point. Receiving resurrection power. Receiving resurrection power. Receiving resurrection power. I don't like the word receiving any more than you do. Seems kind of Christianese, kind of churchy. But that's what it is. They had to receive what he was going to do. And yet, they rolled the stone away and he just did it. Whether they received it or not. So their part was the rolling away of the stone. Remove the stone in your life. Remove the obstacle from God doing his work. And then God's part is like, bam! My question to you is, will you receive that today? The resurrection power, the thing that God wants to do in your life. Maybe you don't even know what it is. Are you willing to receive whatever it is? In Jesus' name, I pray that you are. So Jesus, he does this thing. Let's just pick up where we left off. We've got to read the rest here. So they took the stone away. And Jesus lifted up his eyes to heaven, right? And said, Father, this is the most interesting prayer I've ever read. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around. That they may believe that you sent me. That's kind of preaching your prayer. Sometimes preachers do that. They're like, I want you to be saved, and they're praying to God, right? Like that's, I mean, that's what he's doing. It's crazy. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The man who had died came out. What? His hands and his feet bound. How did he walk? That's like levitation, people. This is like a bona fide, I'm looking at a miracle, this guy's floating. His feet hit the ground with linen straps all around him. His face is wrapped. He can't even see where he's going with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. And that is what's going to happen in your life today, right? Unbind him and let him go. Take all the junk off of him, all the nasty decay and gross stuff. Take the blinders off his face, for goodness sake, and let him go. And we're called to go tell our story of how God meets with us. 
how he changes us by faith through his grace. Today, you should have a story today to tell your neighbor with what God's doing in your life today. Not like I got saved when I was six, it was pretty cool. Like what's God doing in your heart right now today? That's what we're going for. This is so awesome. I want you to be able to tell others your story about today. So go to others that you got free from something, that you're alive and well. But maybe in your heart you're like, but, but I, don't, I don't know. Am I free from that? Am I alive and well? Am I? Am I? Do you see the doubt, how it quickly comes? Just like that. Satan just boom, boom. Demons, boom, boom. No, that's not who you are. You can't have that moment today. That'll be embarrassing. People will be judging you. I care less what anybody thinks of me. I want to know what Jesus thinks of me. And as soon as I know what he thinks of me, and as soon as he whispers or speaks plainly or shouts, come out! Any of those voices that he uses, I'm going to obey him today. I'm going to choose faith today by receiving resurrection power today. Unbelief is this issue, and I want to address it right now in the rest of the passage. This is what unbelief looks like in my life, okay? It's probably what it looks like in your life too, but I'm talking about me. This is what unbelief looks like in my life. And there's two responses that you can choose to this message now. You can choose to believe. It says, many believed in Jesus. Or you could choose some, well, they doubted, right? Some, they didn't believe. They continued in unbelief. You could choose today to choose to believe and walk out of here living in belief. Or you could choose to continue in unbelief in that one area or that many areas in your life. Here it is. Let me explain to you. Let me show you what it looks like in my life. And in yours too, I'm pretty, pretty sure. So that you can repent, you can roll away the stone, and you can begin to live again. First thing, verse 47, look at it. It says, many of the Jews, uh, I, I skipped up to verse 46, sorry, 45. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come to Mary and had seen uh, what he did, believed in him. There it is. And some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. That's unbelief. Some doubted. So the chief priests and the Pharisees, dun, 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 (laughs) gathered the council. We're going to have a tribunal now, and we're going to set you straight. And said, what are we to do? For this man performs many signs. Verse 47. What are we to do? That's worry. What unbelief looks like in your life and mine is worry. Oh, what am I going to do? Just get anxious and worry about it. What am I going to do? Unbelief looks like worry. Then look at verse 48. I need glasses really bad. Okay, now I have my spot. I'm putting my finger there so I don't lose it. And I'm holding my Bible like this. All right, we're there. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. If we let him go on like this, like you're in control, everyone will believe in him. Control. That's what unbelief looks like. Control. 
We try to control things in our unbelief. Rather than trusting God, trusting the Lord, isn't that Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Or if you King James that thing, He will direct your paths. All right. I'm just, I'm just saying to you, that's not a control verse. And we shouldn't be controlling. When we try to control things, that's unbelief. When we trust God, that's, that's different. All right, your choice. And then this, the last part of verse 48, and the Romans will come and take away our place in our nation. What? That's fear. Oh no, the Romans. God's not bigger than the Romans. They're going to come take away our place, our temple, and our, our nation's going to get wiped out. We're not even going to be Israel anymore. Didn't God promise? Didn't God say all nations would be blessed through us? It's fear and it's unbelief and we need to put it out. You need to bind it and you need to leave it and go in peace. All right, then this, self-righteousness, verses 49 through 52. I'll read it for you. But one of them, Caiaphas, or Caiaphas, if you say it right, who was high, the high priest this year, said to them, you know nothing at all. That's a little self-righteous. That means you know it all. Nor do you understand. I understand everything. You don't understand. That it is better for you that one man should die for the people. He's prophesying. Not that the whole nation should perish. He did this, he did not say this of his own accord. God uses even people that don't believe in him to speak truth. But being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not only for the nation, because I'm not an Israelite, so woohoo! But also to gather into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. All right, this last one. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. That's the last one, hate. You want to kill somebody? That's hate. That's unbelief. You don't trust that God can change their heart? That God can do something cool in their life? That's unbelief. Unbelief is worry. Unbelief is control. It manifests itself in fear. It shows itself in self-righteousness. And it comes across as hate. So if you're wondering, am I a believer or not? Am I believing or am I living in unbelief today? Do I need to repent or not? You look at those five things. They're in the text and you can really get a picture of what your life looks like. Let's wrap it up this way. Let me read the rest of the passage because I don't want to miss a verse. We preach word by word, verse by verse. Okay, so let me just read it for you. Now the Passover, oh, no, wait, I missed one. Jesus, therefore, no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim, and there he stayed with his disciples. There was going to be some discipleship training. We're going to continue through John. You're going to see it. Some really cool stuff. Two weeks left in Jesus' life right here. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. There was rituals they had to do. Aren't you glad you can come to Jesus right now? You don't have to like wait a week and do penance or anything. 
They were all wrapped up in, I got to wash my hands right, I got to do this thing, I got to bring this sacrifice. You can come as you are today, broken and contrite. I love that. (laughs) And they were looking for Jesus, seeking him, and saying to one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think? That he will not come to the feast at all? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know so that they might arrest him. So the wanted posters are up. Okay? You know what I'm talking about. You got the posters, Jesus' face is on it, reward this much, 30 pieces of silver. They're up. Right? And they're going after Jesus. church, we have a decision to make today. We can live in a maybe someday faith or we can live in a right now on my face before God. God, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know how you're going to redeem me from that pornography addiction, that drug addict thing, that whatever your thing is. I just went for some hard ones. Maybe it's you got a problem with gossip. You're talking to everybody about everything except for the person you need to be talking to. Knock it off. Go talk to the person. And let's stop this unbelief thing, right? Whatever it is in your life, we need to have a come to Jesus moment, right? Calling. Jesus is calling us to a come to Jesus moment. That is the response of the message. So I'm going to ask these guys to come up. We're going to sing. Here's what we're going to do. If you're looking for Jesus, if you're seeking Jesus right now, maybe you're saying all the right things, maybe you're doing all the right things, maybe you think, you know, but I, I'm here in church and I'm singing all the right words. But if you're struggling with unbelief inside, it's time to get it out. It's time to just come forward and just say, I'm struggling inside, I got some doubts, I need to get rid of them, or I need to at least face them. I'm just asking us as a church to come both personally and corporately, and put ourselves before the Lord and put unbelief to death. I'm asking us to have a funeral. I want you to come quickly. I want you to fall at Jesus Christ's feet. I'm not going to contrive you. That's a sin. But I'm inviting you and I'm asking you.